Welcome to The Big Top with your hosts, Amy Seifert and Lori Brittenham. We are just two women juggling too many things, and we are inviting you to join our circus. We want to laugh hard and learn well, and our hope is you go back to your own circus just a little bit lighter. Enjoy the show. You are listening to The Big Top Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Amy Seifert. And we invited a man to talk about motherhood in this series. Yep, we did it. And we went places we never thought we'd go. (laughs) It was a blast. Craig Flack, he's back. Uh, We've had him before. He is the teaching pastor at Salina First. His wife, Becca, and his two kids are fantastic. Um, And this is kind of the people's choice. We love him. You guys did. And, And so we brought him back. Because he's hilarious and he's a straight shooter and he has great thoughts on motherhood and parenting. So I need to tell you those awesome listeners, here's, here's a fair warning. When we ask our last question to Craig, if you have little ears around, we dive into um, some bedroom intimacy and real talk. So it's about the last 10 minutes. Um, and we just, we just want to give you a fair warning because I know that I love a heads up so I can decide what my kids hear and what kind of conversations I want to start myself and not have started for me. So a couple of gems about our time. Craig, he talks about healthy sacrificial love toward our children and then the kind of sacrifice that's very unhealthy that's happening in our culture. He demystifies date night and then he has this sweet moment where he tells some sweet things about his beautiful bride as he watches her mother. So it's, it's just kind of the best. So listeners, we love you. We're so thankful you're listening, sharing, and tuning in. It's the best. So enjoy the show. Hey, how are you doing today? Hey, mom, I'm all right. I'm good. Um, do you guys want to know what just happened in my life, though? <laughs> yeah, always. I, <laughs> I got fake glasses. I don't, I don't need glasses, but I'm wearing them. And <laughs> I got a massive haircut. And I'm telling people it's because I looked like I was a candidate for a makeover show. No. Do you know what no. I mean? Like if the Today Show was walking around the street, they'd see me and be like, you didn't bring that girl in. <laughs> over. So I got classes and a haircut. I feel pretty I good. You look awesome. Hey, I thanks. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Like you're thinking like if Queer Eye did women, they'd be well, like, well, is that why? Yeah. <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, girl. You're, you're hot. And how's your day? What's happening? Oh, my day. Well, we are, you know, um, we're talking motherhood, right? In our series. And uh, my littlest is potty trained and he has been, but we're just now getting through like the night potty train. Oh yeah. You know, the the pull up thing. And I love the meme because this, this is our life right now that, that the, the parent meme, that's like, you're not the only one that has thrown a towel over a peed on bed and gone back to sleep. Oh, a (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. Like, like every time. <laughs> that was last night, 3 a.m. I was okay. like, I don't, I don't even know. Just don't sleep over there. Like, <laughs> sleep over here. Totally, 100%. He's the third. So sorry. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? We're excited about our guest today, right? Yes, we are. This guy, um, he's a People's Choice Award. Oh, 100%. 
Yep. I'm, so we got we got Craig Flack on the line here. Craig, how you doing? I'm good, and I'm I feel so bad for Judah. To be be fair, he sleeps in a queen. So for real, I just moved him to the whole other side and said, "Just you're fine. It's fine." We yeah. (laughs) As the third born in my family, I object to this kind of treatment. (laughs) I know he's a champ. What what can I say? (laughs) Um, All right, so we're in our mother motherhood series and. Lori, you and I are always thinking, how can we get Craig Flack back on the big top? Every time I'm thinking that, yes. Every, I mean, every morning. I'm super excited. Thanks for having me. This is the best. And Craig, you have like a little bit of competition in you, right? Yes, absolutely. All right. So last, so a couple episodes, we had my lead pastor, Ben Thompson on, and he actually, I think he may have edged you out. For the I fastest, feel like you can't be a reasonable judge for someone that controls how much money you make. So we're just going to leave this up to Amy. I feel like you have to bow out. That's, I mean, that's amazing. And we don't have any um, real stopwatches. It's all by the feels. This is how we feel. Who might have won? So we are on motherhood. It's it's a thing all the feels. driven by the feels. Hey now. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. So let's do it. Let's do some madcap and uh, we'll see what happens here. Okay. Um, all you right. Ready, Craig? So, Craig, mm-hmm. you got to close your eyes with your real actual glasses. And Lori, can you see this? Oh, I got it. Yep. You got it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yes. Wander her womb hen. <laughs> <laughs> Wander, wander her womb hen. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Yes, yes. <laughs> that wasn't no, quick, but not record time. But <laughs> and I don't think it was a very good one, actually. But I also feel like because I didn't guess wrongly, I should get extra points. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I will just well, I'll mark that down yeah. over here somewhere. Um, okay, I got one more. Okay. okay, all right, Craig, this is your chance. Oh, can you see this? Yep, I got it. Okay, ready? Arrow loved oil it issue. Ooh. It's a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) I had like 35 (laughs) claps. So many claps. Okay, I'll do it again. Ready? I'll do it fast. I'll do it fast. Arrow loved oil it issue. (laughs) I heard like oil change. <laughs> Arrow loved oil tissue. Arrow loved oil tissue. <laughs> I don't know. I give up on that one. Um, what is it, Lori? A roll of toilet tissue. A roy a roll of toilet tissue. This that's a hard one. Craig. You know, I think you just put Craig through like the advanced rounds. I did. You know what? Yes. Those might have this, been like this the, was the advanced round. <laughs> that's what it was. So I'm going to say I was one for one. We'll throw out the second one, but it's not counting. Yeah. And uh, you just don't ever have Ben back on the podcast. We'll be all set. (laughs) That's it. We did it. We just took care of that problem. (laughs) Sorry, Ben. (laughs) Okay. This is something we've been doing with all of our guests in our motherhood series. Granted, you're not a mom, but you've got things to say. So this is our think fast. We're going to give you two choices and you just whatever... Again, to the feels. Whatever you feel, you just tell us. 
Okay. All right. You want to start, Lori? (laughs) (laughs) Do I? (laughs) Because this first one, (laughs) wait, wait, need to accent. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You ready, Craig? Uh, Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) <laughs> lightning round <laughs> ready set go eye patch or wooden legs <laughs> you're horrible you're horrible people uh i would say eye patch because there's nothing wrong with having astigmatism as a boy because when you're ridiculed by all your classmates you grow up to have a strong backbone and a strong sense of character <laughs> It's so true. Craig, it's true. You rocked it. And I actually have, I have several friends who have kiddos with eye patches. They're 100%. Stigmatism, yep. man. It ain't no joke. It's no it joke. No joke. Uh, for real though, I had an eye patch from like kindergarten to third grade and I just told kids my eye fell out and they're dumb. <laughs> they oh, right. that's amazing. Yeah, that's like a trump card. Dude, you got to do like a PSA for eye patches. I should. <laughs> Come in, swing the jacket over my shoulder. Yeah. A little and now you know, go on the screen afterwards. <laughs> With do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make fun of people's patches. We're not. I love it. I kind of want to try a wooden leg for like a minute. It's fine. Okay. Second one. <laughs> Taco Bell or McDonald's? Uh, probably McDonald's. Probably. Probably. But that was tough for you. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, let's be honest. Bad. You don't feel great after both. No. But like, I feel like, to be honest, we go to McDonald's a lot more because like Elsie and Lincoln will actually eat. Yeah. From there. So oh, Taco Bell. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, mullet or mutton chops? Uh, mullet for sure. For sure. <laughs> There's nothing unclassy about a mullet to this day. <laughs> I've, I've had a buzz cut since I think the womb. Um, but if I was going to go to one other hairstyle, it would definitely be mullet. It'd be the mullet. Hold on. You would have buzz cuts since the womb. Have you ever seen me without a... No. All the pictures. I post embarrassing pictures of me all the time. I've always been... Your mom's just like, get it out of here. Yeah. Well, I've always been a a little bit um, heavier. And so that makes me run a little hot. And so like a dog, they kept me shaved. (laughs) So I would have got Wait, you don't know if you have like phenomenal locks. You have no you idea. You don't know what's there. Sick, and I have a really bad colic in the corner of my hair. I was that kid when I had the bowl cut that it just kind of stuck up in the corner. <laughs> and because I was the third and my mom didn't love me, she just oh. sent me to school like that. You peed it. Yeah, I you had slept to sleep in your pee. bed and I got sent to school with a <laughs> really bad colic. But dude, you like turned out awesome. Yeah, because of the eye patch, pee bed, and colic. <laughs> You have persevered. I know. Dude. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Okay, okay. Justin Timberlake or Michael Jackson? Oh, dang. Right? That all of a sudden got serious. (laughs) (laughs) Did it? (laughs) He's for real, but MJ is the greatest of all time, probably. Right? The goat. Like, you go through the discography of Michael Jackson, which I have on occasion. (laughs) But, like, JT could... No, he couldn't pace him. No, Michael's Michael's Michael. You're going MJ. You don't think JT could pace him? So, like, you think of some of Michael's, like, the, his top five versus JT's top five, they'll never be a competition. But here's the thing. JT was, like, full package. Like, you get him on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. I mean, Michael Michael kind of got a little weird at the end. with yeah. uh, <laughs> a, a lot of weird. Yeah. Kind of derailed. Like, <laughs> But, I mean, you got to take in the Jackson 5 with MJ, too. 
There's fair. that. There's fair. Okay. Yeah. And right. he had a roller coaster at his house. So Yep, but also kind of weird. It's fine. I was yeah. gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. All right. Well, moving on from, <laughs> from weird roller coasters. Uh, okay, last lightning round. Uh lemur or moose? Moose. Wow. You didn't even <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, I mean a moose animal i mean what's a lemur gonna do with you like a moose is like road dog like road dog you yeah. just moose all you ever the seen way. a moose they're massive they are massive have you just ever seen a lemur uh i believe i have at the zoo fairly yeah. lame fairly lame <laughs> it's like a glorified only- cat yeah that's they're, fair they're the only mammal who can have blue eyes what have you been doing your I lemur research <laughs> i read up on the lemur Wait, 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 wait. I'm a mammal and I have blue eyes. Uh, like Boom. not, not Boom. human, not human, not human, not human. Yeah. Boy, that was really <laughs> quick and clever. Well, I know. well it, it wasn't meant to be clever. It was just true. Curiosity. <laughs> just true. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that guys. Well, when did you read on the lemur? You can cut all this out, but in all seriousness, <laughs> when do you have time that you're like, yeah, you know, three kids just hanging out. I haven't done my lemur research for the day. <laughs> In between changing pea sheets. You know what? Um, 4 a.m. is perfect lemur time. Perfect lemur. Courtney DeFeo, we talked about a lemur with her, and I looked it up because I thought, what's going on? Because Lori said it only walks sideways. And I was like, really? Is that true? Did you find that out? I don't remember. Okay. But blue eyes. <laughs> blue eyes. That's what I got. You were jealous of the lemur. Oh, and they're female-led, so... Hey, I love like a little lead in there. I just, just a little, little bat. <laughs> They're ones. Led by a queen. Okay, so <laughs> speaking of females, how about that? We are in the middle of our motherhood series, and um, we're not kidding around. What's fun about having Craig Fleck or any man say um, on motherhood, you don't have to be a mom to have some fantastic observations on motherhood. Um, and even just noticing, right? What's happening in motherhood in our culture? And we feel like, Craig, you always got great thoughts. Um, So let's chat a little bit, right? Let's do it. All right. So when you think about motherhood and even like just watching it go like in our culture, I mean, you're married to, I was going to say a mom. Well, she is a mom, not your mom. She is. I'm not. (laughs) My wife, however, is a mom. Okay. So what do you, what are you noticing about motherhood going on in our culture right now? Like for better or for worse, what are some of your observations? I think the biggest thing that's been really positive the past couple of years is the emphasis of lack of competition between moms. Hmm. Um, like the trying to bring it into the motherhood wars. And I never understood them because there's never been one time where I've cared what another dad has thought of me. Um, nor what I've cared about how they raise their kids. It's like, if I see a dad at the park and their kid's alive, I'm like, hey, well done. <laughs> and their kid's alive. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you're breathing. And so I never understood the judgment in the, in the mm. criticism that would go from mom to mom. And it's like, you guys are on the same team. And I think a lot of uh, smart and wise women are calling like a truce to that. Like, that's BS. Yeah. Like, let's stop that nonsense. Like, we can be on the same team, even if we disagree, Like we don't have to tear one another down because this whole motherhood thing, parenthood in general is brutal. So Mm -hmm. like, let's not be mean to one another. And I think that's been catching on. I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed that within the community, but I Mm -hmm. feel like there's way more community support than like judgment. 
Yes. Hmm. I love that. Do you have any idea, Craig, like what's um, created that? I think it probably reached an all-time high because the social media allowed you to Mm. judge people from afar. Mm -hmm. And then there was a natural correction of like, yeah, it's kind of ugly. And I mean, maybe specifically within our Christian communities, there's kind of a recognition of like, that's not the kind of people we want to be. Like like, that's, that's gross. And let's Mm -hmm. not, let's not be like that. So I think probably social media brought it about because before I would have never known about your vaccine choices. Mm -hmm. Um, Then all of a sudden, like, uh, it kind of swung it back the other way of like, this tool has a ability to allow us to encourage one another. And this tool has the ability to allow us to see a part of the real life that we're all struggling with when your kid pees the bed at 3am and all seriousness that it's like, mm-hmm. you're up and you're just like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Like, this is just another thing to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Like now I have to deal with this thing. Yeah. And it's like, that's going to be hard no matter what. So you really don't need judgment on if you went to McDonald's that night. Yes. Right. Like sometimes right. a happy meal is just going to have to do. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I totally. think that's been really, really good. And that seems maybe over the past, I don't know, three, four years. I don't know what you, your guys' experience is, but it seems to be swinging in a much healthier direction. Mm-hmm. I totally mm-hmm. agree. Yep. I think that's totally true. It's an uh, I think from, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. From the negative end, there um, more and more, there's an idolization of kids that mm-hmm. is super unhealthy. Um, I compare it to when you walk into someone's house, they have like their little wall of idol. Cause the first thing you're met with is like 35 pictures of their kids. Mm-hmm. All the wedding photos come down, all the pre-kid fo- couple photos mm-hmm. of mom and dad come down and it is uh-huh. only pictures of kids. And it's like short of lighting candles at it. It is like a little altar wall uh, to these things that then they try and live vicariously through. And, and it is this weird thing because again, I don't see it as much in dads. Um, Hmm. And and it could be that um, stereotypically men are more fulfilled by career uh, success and that kind of thing. Um, Whereas uh, if uh, the women have taken on the lion's share of the child rearing, whether they're in or out of the home, studies tell us that, that they feel more like this is them on the line. Hmm. But the problem is um, it's produced some super unhealthy results. Of mm. like the kids become, I mean, you, you guys have heard this from other moms, like they're my everything. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'd be lost mm-hmm. without them when they're done. I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're and, and even willing to make ridiculous sacrifices for their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, w- which it's like, you're losing your sanity. You're losing yeah. your, um, marriage. You're losing your money. You're losing your time. So your seven-year-old is never sad. Mm-hmm. That's an unrealistic expectation, but you're trying to do it. And the only person you'd make those sacrifices for is some type of deity, like, mm-hmm. like Jesus, like you, you'd make the sacrifices wow. for a God whom you worship mm-hmm. or your six year old to play travel, soccer and baseball like that. Yes. That seems really weird. And there's this really weird elevation of kids above self that I don't think is biblical or healthy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. That's really insightful. Yeah. Cause I feel like, even when you first started talking, I was like, oh, this is like tongue in cheek, like a deity kind of thing. But then you said it, and I was like, wait, this actually is, that's kind of real. Mm-hmm. The sacrifices you make for your kids are, there's a worship of sorts. Oh, for sure. And, and again, we all, oh, parenting yeah, is, is a whole thing of sacrifice. That's all. Totally, right? totally. But the unnecessary sacrifices, mm-hmm. um, um, think about um, 
the mom who's like, knows they need to work out to maintain a healthy emotional, uh, uh, emotional health balance. That exercise is what gets the chemicals firing rightly in their brain. And they willingly sacrifice that for a kind of a, just a thing for their kids to do. Mm-hmm. Like they're making sacrifices that cut to their core so that their kid can go to the play group mm. or like go to the zoo for the 30th time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cause they feel selfish in saying like, no, if I don't work out, like my emotional health is actually far worse but I guess my like call to motherhood is just to make that sacrifice right. because, you know, the 10 year old needs me. And it's like, actually, that's not the call at all. Like, you don't have to make that sacrifice for them. You might choose to from time to time. You don't have to at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, you probably shouldn't if you want to be a better mom long term. Mm-hmm. But there, But that happens all the time. Men on the other hand, make no sacrifices on a regular basis in a selfish sense. Like the guy, like most men are still playing in that Tuesday night golf league. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you ask them, they'll be like, yeah, I need it. So they're willing to take that time where sometimes women and moms need to be willing to take that time. But because there's an idolization of the kids or sometimes frankly, an unsupportive spouse, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's Mm -hmm. not their fault by any means. But man, you got to be really careful with that because culture seems to celebrate it now. Like, you know, I haven't, I haven't gone to the gym in five days, but I've done all these things for my kids. It's like, yeah, that might actually have been the poor choice, right? you know, long-term. Yes. And not only are, are then the moms missing out on um, self-care and benefits for their health, uh, but you're, I feel like I can, you can rob your kids of like, having that space to do things on their own and not have this crowded schedule and create with just the art things that are in your, you know, like all that overscheduled is, um, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think like what I, at least in my own life, I think what kind of fuels that fire, if you will, is the sense of like, it's the mom guilt. I don't know that I like worship my kids necessarily, right. but it's the mom guilt that feels heaped on by like myself or society of, I'm never enough. I'm never momming enough. My kid needs more. And I think that that's where it's like, okay, how do we speak into some of that guilt yeah. that you are enough and your kid doesn't need you to like bend over backwards for them. They actually need to see a healthy mom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, like so. even I go, this is, I'm a glass, maybe glass half empty, but I'm like the self-realization of like, yeah, I'm not going to be enough. Like I'm going right. to mess up my kids. Yeah. So I'm trying to minimize that mess up. Like I want to minimize my impact. And so like, I know I'm not a good enough dad to walk this thing out perfectly. Mm -hmm. And I hope that in, in taking, you know, self care and taking care of myself and not putting my kids on this pedestal, um, that I'll actually end up doing fatherhood better. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think mothers can end up doing motherhood better if you admit like, yeah, I'm not going to be enough, but the things I can do to try and get better in that area or maybe look like I'm taking away from my kids, but I'm actually giving to them long-term big yes. picture for their health. Well, totally. Even like we can move on to the next question, but this is a great conversation. I think yeah. what's great about that is like, um, even like if I go to the gym, I'm dropping Lander off to the kids care at the gym or mm-hmm. they have a babysitter. If Zach and I have a date night or whatever. It's like, I think what's so great is it really does take a village to raise up these kids. We say yeah. that. And so when they get a babysitter in their life or a preschool teacher or whatever, it adds to like the, like the diversity of thoughts and voices in their life. And that's so good. Cause I don't, I don't want to be the sole voice 
raising my kid because it's only subpar at best, <laughs> you know? And so I, I think it's great to have like this diversity of thought, raising them up and trusting that they're going to have great discernment and what to take and what not to take. Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember a crew staff woman um, when I was a young, yeah, I, I became a, after I became a mom and I was nervous about like babysitting all the things. And she was like, um, don't rob other people of having the joy of getting to know your kid and spending it's good. time with them. It's good. And I thought, oh, and, and then vice versa, that they'll get different thoughts, different creativities, different, you know, yep. just, there's a sweetness there. It's just really trusting God as you leave them or do something else mm-hmm. or soul care. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and if, um, if your highest priority is your health as a person before God, then it's, then even though your kids are your second or third priority, you're able to make that your number one priority, right? Mm-hmm. So if your kid becomes that idol, you won't make that sacrifice because they're number one priority. So you make sacrifices for the thing you worship mm-hmm. versus if you worship Christ and he's called you to be whole and healthy, then you will make sacrifices even with your children and putting them in daycare so you can go work out or taking that date night or sending them to the grandparents and taking a weekend away with your spouse because you know that who he's called you to be and who you worship is actually that, not your children. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so important. Like, who do you worship? Is it your kids or is it Christ? And you actually have to think through that because yeah. a lot of times our actions make it, will say, you know, I worship Christ, but our actions are like, no, you're making all your sacrifices just so your child is the object of your worship, mm-hmm. not the object of your stewardship, you know? Right. Mm, that's a good distinction. Yeah. Yes. It's good. Craig, can we keep kind of going on this, tr- this road a little bit? Because you actually had a, a video that kind of went pretty viral a couple weeks ago. And it was kind of this idea of what you're talking about now, like these, our kids, the center of your life or whatever, but then you kind of talked about marriage as well. Can you just kind of like maybe recap that video a little bit and then let's just talk about it. Like what's going on with marriage and kids and the trends you're seeing? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, uh, I made like a, like a single webcam video from my <laughs> church office and like my polo I wear every day. Um, <laughs> like a couple hundred people to watch it and it just took off. And I think it was because the message resonated and it was a different message than what society's putting out. So very long story as quickly as I can make it, I'm on a dad's group on Facebook and a dad had posted saying, my wife sent me this video and I know she means it to be well, but all I'm seeing is an excuse for our marriage falling apart. Mm. And the video was actually made by a mom's group. And so the mom's group made this video and it's a wife writing to her husband saying before the kids, there was us. And after the kids, there'll be us. So basically in the meantime, let's just enjoy while it's not just us. And so, and it was like pictures of like drawing with kids and wrestling and like frolicking through fields. And it was trying to be done like really like, Hey, I know you're unhappy in our marriage and I know we've stopped dating and I know the things Mm. that I do, we've stopped doing, but the kids are going to be here for 20 years. So let's just deal with it while they're here. And then maybe somewhere down the road and it shows like a picture of an old couple holding hands, drinking coffee. Right. And, and so his wife in this group had sent it to her husband, knowing he's feeling frustrated, knowing that um, he's wanting more in their marriage 
Mm. And, and basically what he's getting is like, you can get more in 15 years. Mm. And, and the point I made is you will never have 15 years from now if you don't have us now. Yep. So like there, the line in the video was before them, meaning kids, there was us. And after them, there'll be us again. And my point was, if there's no us before and during, there will never be an us after. Mm-hmm. And we know that statistically, uh, marriages fail seven to 10 years mm-hmm. um, on average, because that's when kids come around and the whole pursuit of one another, the pursuit of us kind of fails. Yeah. And so I was just really trying to encourage couples to, to, again, don't worship your kids. Like what your kid actually needs is a healthy home, not mm-hmm. to play a third sport. Mm-hmm. But like right. so many parents are paralyzed by the fear that they're going to deprive their kid of this childhood. If I don't let him play travel baseball, if I don't let him get the new cell phone, if I don't let him or her uh, go out and do this, um, you know, they're not going to have the childhood I want them to have. The problem with that is to make those sacrifices, you have to take from your marriage's bank account. So another time driving your kids, uh, more money to play a travel sport, meaning maybe one of the spouses has to work more hours Mm. before that. So all those take come mostly out of your marriage's bank account. And before you realize it at year seven to 10, your marriage's bank account is empty and your kids, what they really want, they don't know it, but they will in 20 years, is they wanted a mom and dad who were like wildly and passionately in love with one another, who flirted with one another, who dated one another, mm-hmm. who were willing to tell the kids like, shut up and go play outside. I'm talking with your mom. She's mm-hmm. more important. Like mm-hmm. a mom that's like, yeah, I'm talking with your dad right now. I'm taking care of your dad's stuff right now. He's more important than you. That's mm-hmm. going to like hurt their little heart, but give them such a rich safety that mm-hmm. they can then rest in. Mm-hmm. And by the way, then you also get the us after them. Right. You get all the us's. Like you get to yeah. enjoy your marriage in every season. Yeah. But if we believe that we can hit pause on our marriage for, I mean, for some of us, it's 18 to 25 years, depending on the spectrum of kids' ages. Yep. Your marriage is toast. Mm-hmm. Like you, you will either come out the other end needing major, major, major marital counseling, or more likely what the statistics say is you'll you'll get divorced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Totally. And I think even like one thing, Zach and I actually had some good conversations about your video, Craig. We were one of the thousands that watched it. Um, but, but I think what's, we're at a heart season because we've got a four month old. So we're like right in the weeds of like babies. Oh, yep. And so it's hard, like trying to get a babysitter to go out on date night or whatever. And so we're trying to even just get creative. Like, okay, it might not be a date night for us right now, but how do we just get energy at nine o'clock at night to sit on the porch and talk mm-hmm. instead of watch like my trash TV bachelor in paradise? <laughs> Cause that's my, that's like my default is just to check out and Zach's yeah. too. And so how do we get creative and just putting a fire in the fire pit mm-hmm. and talking? Yeah. I just had a couple who I, I won't say names obviously, but I had a woman in my office and I deal with weekly marriages that are going through adultery and divorce and they're all our age. Like what Mm -hmm. I see is wreckage of our generation Mm -hmm. um, because of this, this is the exact. And if you rooted it back, it goes to lack of communication Mm -hmm. because of tiredness. Yeah. At some point you stop talking because of how exhausted you are. Mm -hmm. And you, now we have, you know, uh, Facebook, uh, or, uh, social media or Netflix. And we like binge, we use these words yeah. like binge. We emotionally binge 
and we don't go to our spouse anymore. Mm -hmm. So, and it becomes more and more awkward to go back then. Right. So if you haven't talked in a month, that's weird. But if you haven't talked in like six months and I mean like deep, like what's going on in your life, what's Mm -hmm. going on in your heart. Yeah. That's like really hard to then walk back because you Mm -hmm. have to kind of repent in there. You have to kind of be like, I haven't been doing what I should have been and I want to be, but then I have to admit I'm wrong and I don't want to do that because it's really no one's fault. Anyone that's been a parent can understand it. But yeah, I also think the to demystify the idea of date night, like literally sit at your kitchen table, no cell phones and just talk for 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. not even an hour and a half, 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. no distractions after the kids, make sure you're on the same page that if you do that three or four times a week, honestly, yep. you'll be doing, you're in the 90th percentile. Like your marriage is soaring. You That's know? good. Yes. And I like that you just said that, like demystify date night, because even us, like we just moved to a new city. And so it's not like we have this like mm-hmm. family pool of sitters. Mm-hmm. So again, yeah, it's like what I said, like, how do we get to, on the porch and talk versus mm-hmm. going to dinner for four hours? That's not going to happen realistically. Oh, yeah. and, 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 and that's just a seasonal life you're in. And that's totally. And so it's like, there's got to be grace for those seasons and there's got to be grandparents for special weekends. Yep. But like, um, if you can just reconnect and, and admit you're tired and for some couples, maybe it's in the morning, like you get up and you actually have the energy. So you give your spouse your most energy mm-hmm. for some couples that might be making sure, you know, you text throughout the day, you know, maybe it's calling over lunch hour you got to be creative, but it's just making sure you're touching base and talking. And yeah, a lot of the conversation will be about the kids. That's okay. They're super important. You love them dearly, but like you're communicating and you're on, you're going through life together rather than like, Mm -hmm. I have my thoughts on the kids. She has hers or he has his, and you just kind of separate. Yes. So Craig, what would you say to the um, couple who maybe has like gone a little bit too far down that road though. Like they're down the road of like, our kids are our world. We haven't communicated in months. Like you see these like red flags coming. Mm -hmm. What's your advice to speak into that? Uh, Two things. One, I've seen some of the most bitter train wrecks of marriages healed. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible. It's good. So I can truly say like, I'm, and you know, I'm running the Rolodex in my pastor head of like, who I'm looking over at my couch in my office, like who I've had sitting on there where I'm thinking and Lord forgive me, like, okay, so I'm going to have to walk with this couple through divorce. Like there is zero chance this thing is, is getting fixed. And then by God's grace and their hard work, boom, they're, they're in a healthier spot and they're taking another step and they're working towards it. And sometimes, you know, this is where kids can be good. Sometimes they're just working at it because of the kids, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that's okay. Whatever gets you into the counselor's office, go. And so I think a few things, one, even the most healthy marriage could use counseling Mm. and and it might come from a counselor and it might come from counsel of a wise friend, trusted friends, community. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you are a couple that's just struggling, reach out to friends, let Mm. them know, don't hide it. Just tell people, um, ask for advice, um, go to your pastor. Um, you know, a lot of times we feel like we're alone in that, but we're not, like I Mm -hmm. said, I, I honestly, on average, and I, I'm sure Ben would say the same, see a couple once a week mm-hmm. uh, from adultery or burnout mm-hmm. or just some of the most heartbreaking cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two, you have to start somewhere. So yeah, everything, what I've heard from some couples is it feels super fake to try again. 
um, because they're like, we, we like have cussed at each other. We've thrown things at each other. Like I've, Mm -hmm. I've slept at my friend's house. Like we're, I've called a divorce attorney. Like this seems so fake to be like, let's go on a date. Right. Well, you got married for a reason. Like you, you spent all that money for a reason. You, you stood up in front of all your friends and family and said, I do for a reason. So just give it a shot. Mm -hmm. The worst thing that happens is you're in the same spot as you were. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm telling you, and I'm sure I guarantee there's going to be a listener listening that's in this spot. You think your marriage is too far gone. It's not. Yes. Uh If you're willing to work on it. Mm -hmm. And it does take two. I've seen, I've had, unfortunately, other marriages where one walks out, one wanted to work and one walked out. You you can't do that. Both parties have to be willing Mm -hmm. to work on it. Mm -hmm. But man, you just got to start. You just got to take that step. And again, that first step might be after the kids are in bed tonight, I just want to talk and ask you how your day was for 10 minutes. Yep. 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 It's good. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's good. It feels like, um, when you've been out of shape for a while and then you start, like if you worked out and then you get out of shape and then you start working out again, right? Like your muscle memory, it starts to pick back up and you're like, okay, but I just started, I literally just started walking now more. Mm -hmm. Like it's Mm -hmm. like your body, it's the same thing. You just start doing the things that you want to be, you know, true of your marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking about um, not only the like Netflix and binge afterward, but like Rob and I are like super achievers um, in our, in our top five strengths, like achieve, accomplish. And so we have sat next to each other on the couch and like, we're both working on other side projects next to each other. And that was not working for our mm-hmm. communication, in our life. We weren't, we weren't like vegging. We were just like going and we had to talk about that. Like this, this isn't connecting even though I'm next to you and we're both staring at our computers. Mm-hmm, <laughs> we're mm-hmm. going to close them and face each other and we're going to connect and had to, you know, several times in our marriage have had to recalibrate um, what our rhythms were. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that can, the cool thing about that is like, if you're willing to admit that sometimes putting away the computer for 15 minutes reconnecting, you can then go back to your thing, right? but it's setting that priority that I'm going to make my marriage, my priority for the health of my kids, for the health of my home, for Mm -hmm. the health of my soul. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I'm working on is super important. So I'm actually going to go back to that. I might stay up late tonight and do that. Right. I'm just going to make sure my number one priority is taken care of first. Mm -hmm. And normally Mm -hmm. we do it opposite. Uh, I got it. The tyranny of the urgent. Well, yep. your husband or wife will never seem urgent because they're always there. You made a covenant to do that. Right. Guess yep. what? That covenant can't withstand seven years of like, they'll come next. Totally. Last. Totally. Yeah, Aim, that's a good picture too, of like the getting back in like the workout mode. I think that's such a good picture because in seasons where Zach and I have drifted because of kids or any number of things, mm-hmm. it's almost like embarrassing to try. Mm-hmm. Like it almost feels like, ooh, I don't know how to be like, sexy again or I don't know how to be like you know like I don't know how to connect it's almost like embarrassing but if you can keep like a vision or a hope of like whatever it's it's like working out okay I'm gonna get in shape that's my vision okay I'm gonna get my marriage in shape you have to have like a picture that keeps like propelling you towards hope or the embarrassment's gonna win totally yes Yeah. Yeah. Just like, so I just think it's a good picture. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. If you go to the gym, you're like, I don't know how to work this treadmill. I look like an idiot, (laughs) but you're like willing to do it. If you have a hopeful picture ahead of you. Yes. Yes. That's a good analogy. Yeah. And I just think all, all of it has to be grounded. And some people are hearing this and are like, 
yeah, but like motherhood and it's so stressful and all this stuff. Here's totally. The, um, the best gift a mother can have is a awesome marriage. Yeah, the best gift a father can have is an awesome marriage. And by the way, none of us, I mean, single parents are all-stars. They're crushing it. They have to do it on their own. Yeah. And so like, this is in no way disparaging. My sister was a single mom for several years and just crushed it. Did amazing for her kids. Worked. And it was mom and dad was working and taking care of them. But I don't think my sister would say that it would have been like, that was a better way. Mm-hmm. And so if you find yourself in a marriage that is salvageable, this is the advice for you, mm-hmm. you know, is, is good. the best thing your kids can have. And the best way to help you be a good mom or dad is actually yeah. leaning in your spouse because God made mom and dad different for a reason. Yeah. And so like, you don't have to begrudge those differences, celebrate those differences. Yeah, that's good. Woo. Mm-hmm. Speaking of me. So good. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Um, all right. Let's do, I mean, we just were all over the map, which was beautiful. I loved it. Um, let's, let's give you this question. What would you, so your wife, Becca, she's awesome. What would you want Becca to know about herself as a mother? Yeah, I was thinking about that. And I think this is the thing I'm seeing as my kids get older. And I think this will probably be true of a lot of moms, but I don't know if you guys see it. My wife is the perfect safe space for my kids. Mm-hmm. And so when my kids are hurt or upset, they want Becca. And she is like the perfect calm harbor for their little like stormy souls. Mm-hmm. And it is beautiful to watch because I'm the exact opposite. Like I'm <laughs> chaos and I'm anger and I'm impatient. And I'm like the swift hand of justice, making sure they're not like terrible humans. <laughs> Becca is the other side of that, that balances it out of like, yeah, you're not going to be disrespectful, but everyone has hard days and just needs a hug from mom. Mm. And I think here's the thing. And I was thinking about this today. And I don't know if I'll tell her or just tell her to listen to the podcast. I don't know if she sees that. And so I was wondering about this for women. If like you guys, if moms undervalue being a safe port for their kids, Mm. like that God created you in such a unique way and your heart for them is, is 30 times that of like what it should be. And so like God created you to provide this safety net around your kids. Mm -hmm. And of course we know how that can go poorly. Right. Right. But in a really redeemed and special way, you can just bring a calmness and safety to your child that so desperately needs it. Mm. And anyone growing up, like I had the greatest mom in the whole world. And I just was safe with my mom. A hug from my mom felt good. Aww. She made my heart feel good. Mm-hmm. And seeing that for with my kids and for Becca is special. But I, for some reason, we've devalued that. Mm. Like we've made that like a, like it's something that moms maybe don't feel like is, is, is something like, Oh, who cares? Like, yeah. Like my kids Mm. come to me and hug me when they are upset. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like that's truly amazing. Like that Mm -hmm. is a gift from God that he put another human being on this earth that soothes our souls in time of need. Mm -hmm. And and like kids have our little volcanoes of emotion (laughs) and, and he gave them someone that would know how to come alongside them and just like, kiss the boo-boo and say, it's going to be all raw. And, yeah. and they climb up in your lap and they sit there. And I see that with Lincoln and Elsie with Becca and it's awesome and it's amazing. And I'm thinking so many other moms are thinking about that. 
Like, mm. yeah, my kids always do climb in my lap. My husband can be sitting right there right. and they come and <laughs> climb in my lap. And it's That's annoying fun. because I've got three kids climbing all over me and right. he's quietly drinking <laughs> his coffee. Totally. In the, in that's, that's our house to a T, but isn't that like so amazing and so yeah. special too? Yeah. So I, I love that with Becca and I think it's so true of so many other moms, but like they don't, you, they don't give themselves that credit for, for how important and foundational that is for mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't see the high value of that. Mm-hmm. What a high value. It's not yeah, just, it's just like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. My, I'm nicer than my husband. So they come to me and it's like, no, you were designed differently by God oh. like to be there for your kids. And it's such a blessing. They have that. So like yes. celebrate that. Thank God for that. And husbands like praise the Lord for it and like see that in your life. And I, I haven't done a good job with that with Becca, but like if all you did that day was made your kids feel safe and loved, that's a good day. Totally. Step forward in life if they felt like safe and Uh, loved that day. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like celebrate it. It's okay. Like nothing else got done. That's okay. Right. Yep. It's good. Well, I'm 32. And like the thing I remember about my mom, it's like how she took care of me when I was sick. Like I still want my mom, you know, like when yes. I'm sick. And so it's like, these are the, like the cemented memories in kids' lives when they yes. become adults. That's good, Craig. Mm-hmm. I love, love that. All right. One last question. Yep. Okay. We skipped a couple because we kept going, but here we go, Craig. Yeah. Last, qu- last question. I, um, go ahead. If you could give advice to parents right now, what would that advice be? Okay, I'm going to take this off the rails a little bit so you guys can... Uh, <laughs> Perfect. But I, I have advice that's going to seem super odd. I don't think it's inappropriate, but um, I, no one gives this advice for parenting. I can't uh, wait. Kids, I know. Are, kids are little wedges that are birthed into your marriage to try and split your covenant apart. And um, one of the main thrusts that I see that brings couples to my couch for counseling is their sex life has completely fallen apart mm-hmm. and it has been for five to seven years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm struck by is how often when men say, I'll ask, why are you here? And men will say, um, I'm really unhappy with our sex life. Mm-hmm. And the women will list off four or five different things and, and often devalue the like, ugh. His is just the, the sex. It's always the sex thing with him. It's always that. Right. But then she has like a list of like seven things. He literally has one. Like I have one issue with my marriage. <laughs> if this would be fixed, I'd be happy as a clam. Like, <laughs> and you have eight things from like his entire makeup and demeanor, which by the way, we're like that when you married him. So choose wisely. Um, but like also, and so here's the thing with couples. And no one talks about this in parenting books. Paul says in Corinthians that God gave intimacy, biblical intimacy to husbands and wives to protect their marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then you insert a kid and because of what happens there and women, God bless you. like your bodies go through the ringer and you, mm-hmm. and you literally sacrifice your body for that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in, in cases, uh, in some cases, intimacy in a regular sex life and at the very least like healthy, regular intimacy can go by the wayside for, 15, 24 months, Mm -hmm. your marriage was not built to sustain that. Right. And Mm. because, because no one talks about it, husbands are told two things in evangelical circles, man up, love your wife, shut up. Don't talk about it. It drives them deeper into shame and deeper into pornography and deeper. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Like they've expressed a legitimate need to their wife and to their church. And what they're met with is like, you're a pervert. That's mm-hmm. all you ever think about or man up and shut up and love your wife. Like Christ loved the church. They're like punched with scripture. And mm-hmm. what they're saying is the tool that God gave me to protect my marriage has been put on the sideline. And I'm really mm-hmm. struggling with that. And I don't know how to keep processing through it. I'm feeling like I'm tempted in a million different ways. And my wife and I aren't communicating. And they're given a verse in Ephesians, like, love her like Christ, love the church, bro. And it's like, okay, okay well, okay, that that's a disaster waiting to happen. Mm. And so my advice for parents, and this is, again, has nothing to do with your kids. And so there, some people are going to be like, this is a marriage podcast. It's not. The best thing you can do for your kids is have open and honest conversations about this. And one of the areas you might not want to talk about because your body feels like a wreck. You don't know how to feel attractive anymore. You don't Mm -hmm. like what you see when you look in the mirror, uh, Mm -hmm. ladies, is talk to your husband about that. Yeah. Engage him about that. You might not be able to meet his needs in any way at that Mm -hmm. moment. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you just have to, uh, like, meet whatever his requests are. You might not be able to physically, emotionally. Mm-hmm. But like, if you don't acknowledge it, man, you're heading for a really dangerous path. And I say that because I see it every single week. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and anyone who's honest with themselves knows it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I've had several guys say like, yeah, I didn't have a pornography issue until we had kids. And then we just stopped having sex. Mm-hmm. And I brought it up and I felt ashamed. And so I just, and it just went off the rails and I don't know how I got here. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. man. And so I just, as I was thinking about advice for parents, like, yeah, like get your kid on a schedule and, you know, like, you know, uh, I don't know, like be on mm-hmm. the same page with public school or private school and all that right, stuff. Right. But like, if you want to have a healthy marriage, mm-hmm. um, biblical intimacy is a very dicey and difficult and um sensitive topic right mm-hmm. after childbirth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you just have to talk about it with your spouse mm-hmm. um, yes. because that kid will become a little wedge and the thing that God gave you to protect your marriage yeah. is sitting on the shelf and, and, and it actually says and I and I know there's people of all spiritual spectrums who are kind of like what is this guy saying here <laughs> but I, I think it kind of if you if you seek like look at your life and step back it says so that Satan doesn't get a foothold in your marriage Like come Mm -hmm. together as husband and wife, only maintain a period of like not being with one another because of prayer Mm -hmm. and then come back together so that Satan doesn't get a foothold in your marriage. And I just wonder sometimes if we haven't set the biggest tool in our toolbox to make sure that bitterness, jealousy, Mm -hmm. anger, deceit, like all these things don't come and seep into our marriage. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and it's just one of those that we never talk about when it comes to kids. But most people, every, every study I've read has said that sexual satisfaction within a marriage plummets mm. at like five to 15 years. And it actually, as gross as this is, sorry, older people, skyrockets if you can make it past kids. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> because you have uh-huh. time for one another. Again, totally. You have time for one another. Yep. But yep. in that heat, man... It is, it is really hard. And for some reason, we never talk about that in parenting. Mm. Like, and I think guys, if we do talk about it, like I said, in church, we're either met with, yeah, it sucks. Me too. Right. right. 
or, uh, you know, toughen up, love her like the church. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes with women, it's like, yeah, my husband, that's all he ever thinks of too. Can you believe that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Pigs, perverts, like that's all they ever think about. And I'm Mm -hmm. over here trying to nurse my baby, trying to run a home. And he's Mm -hmm. just touching me while I'm washing the dishes. Like, get your hands off me. I don't want to be touched. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's going to take a lot of work to unpack. Yeah, Mm it's good, Craig. And so I I just wanted to put that out there because I think that's something at least for couples to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like if you have kids every two years and you have three kids, say the 2.5 or whatever, yeah. you're basically going to go into a really rough period of marital mm-hmm. intimacy and mm-hmm. what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Man, I hope at the very least you have good communication and open communication and grace for one another mm-hmm. because yeah. your kids need your marriage to be strong. Like that's what, your, your boys and girls need, they need a strong mom and dad that love each other. That is like so important to a healthy marriage. And so you just have to really talk about it and walk it out and love one another in it. And some of your listeners won't be in a good spot right now. And that can feel almost abusive to have like a pastor say that get counseling. Don't, don't just try and enter into an unhealthy situation. If there's been uh, physical abuse or sexual abuse in the past, I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying is for most healthy marriages, you need to wade into this topic because it's splitting you up and you don't even realize it. Mm. I think the hard thing too is in Christian circles, especially, and even not, um, you have to be brave to talk about your sexual intimacy with yourself because it might not have been a normal thing to just have that open communication. And so that's my encouragement too. Like, listeners be brave and start and open up that door to talk about your physical intimacy and see where else that goes and, and, and bridge the uncomfortability. It's been so great um, for I, everybody to have that. I have a friend who you guys know, um, I won't say their name on here, but we were having a conversation one time and we were having a very casual and open conversation about the health of our sex life and where we were at in our marriages and our frustrations and our joys and stuff like that. And his wife called him and said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm talking to Craig about our sex life. And she (laughs) was mortified. Like, and he's like, and all he said back was, I'm not talking about body parts. And there was this like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like that's intensely private. And and actually what we were doing is holding one another accountable, calling one another to a higher standard and empathizing with one another that we're both in kind of difficult seasons of life. Mm -hmm. So don't go to sin to find comfort. Go to a brother in Christ who can empathize with with you. Yes. And like, but, but if he didn't feel that like freedom, like there would be some awkwardness there. And it wasn't a gossip or inappropriate at right. all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, there was like an initial shock value, like you're doing what with who? <laughs> and so totally. it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, we're trying to walk out yeah. this thing that no one talks about. Yeah. But it, by the way, mm-hmm. men say is the most important thing in their marriage. Yeah. So we probably should. So that's what I thought of. And I know that's not what you were probably thinking of. <laughs> you know what? It's parenthood. But I think it's really important and bears a conversation for sure. Well, that's it for today, friends. You guys, I love Craig Flack. He just continues to be so unassuming. But I'm telling you what, I mean, he has got this like unconventional wisdom. And I just think he is serving our generation with a fresh 
and unique voice and perspective that I think that we might just be dying to hear. So I'm thankful for Craig. He is amazing and we're going to continue to have him because again, he is a People's Choice Award um, on our podcast. So hey, at the end of that podcast there, Craig does tee up a couple of interesting thoughts on marriage, parenting, and intimacy. And if you're anything like me, your wheels are actually kind of probably turning as you probably have lots more questions for Craig. And so if you ever do want to find Craig, you can go actually over to his church's website, salinafirst.com. And you can find all of his information there to get in touch with him. Um, and then you're going to have in our show notes as well, we're going to have information to contact Craig as well. If you do have some questions and you're thinking through some of those things. So listeners, thanks for being part of this motherhood series here at the big top. We are thankful for your feedback um, as you have rated, reviewed, and shared this podcast. And if this is like your first time listening to the big top, if you would just hit that subscribe button, you're going to get all of our new episodes right to you. And it's going to be easy. And we think you're going to kind of love all of our new ones coming out from here now. So you guys, we love doing this podcast for you. And we just could not be more grateful for you as our listening community. So come on back next time as we continue our series and motherhood. And we're going to tee up some interesting thoughts in the next couple weeks as well. So you guys go laugh hard and learn well, right in the smack dab of whatever circus you're kind of living today. So we'll see you next time. Bye.